you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. Every single one of you have a story, a uh, story that the, uh, oh man, story might, that word might, you might hear some Canadian accent in that word, story, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, another word. <laughs> oh, I can't get out of this. So, um, <laughs> there's another one. Did every, who didn't get a, a gold box? I want to make sure everybody has a gold box. If you didn't get one, we have ushers who want to give those to you. Um, keep your hand up and we'll pass them around. Keep your hand up until you get one. Um, inside of there, and by the way, you will not be rude if you open up the box. There's two cards in here. At some point in time, Christmas is, uh, not only we celebrate um, Jesus, but the heart of what God was, God so, John 3.16, our Advent reading, that he gave us his only begotten son. So in the spirit of giving, you're going to need to share some pens here today. On the backs of these cards, we're going to go through, and on the front of the card, if you haven't been following this series with us, Christmas Every Day, My Act of Worship, and where we've been studying the journey of the wise men and learning from them of how they lived their lives and how they pursued Jesus in such a way, not only did they find him, but then they presented gifts and bowed down and worshiped him. And then we're going to say, for 2020, this is going to be what you're going to be focusing on for 2020. It's around the corner. We're going to be celebrating Christmas in a few days. And uh, how many people are excited for Christmas? Now, Christmas is exciting or it's also very painful for some. I'm very aware of that. Also, by the way, if you are here back from college, anybody back from college, raise your hand right now. Yes. Thank you, guys. Good to have you guys back. Um, we've missed you. Good to have you here with your families. Any uh, relatives that are out of town who are visiting and you're here in church today, raise your hand. Any relatives? Yes, I see there. Great to have you guys here. Um, but anyways, so those of you who've missed this series, you're going to take this, we're going to do a little review of how the wise men, you're going to take a pen and write on the back of two of these cards the same thing which is how are you going to live your life more fully in 2020 to make it a life of worship? Because what we said, actually, from the very first message, we started unpacking it, and we said this the very first time, what you seek is what you'll find. And remember the wise men had to seek after that star. It was the star, the, the symbol. It was the sign that brought them to Jesus. So what are you seeking after? This world will want to grab your attention. But are you seeking after the right things? Because the right things, when you seek Jesus and you find Jesus, you will find love, joy, peace, contentment, acceptance, forgiveness. So what are you seeking after? What will you be seeking after in, in 2020? You might write that on the card. I'm going to spend more time seeking after the things where God is, come to church more regularly, maybe reading God's word, maybe serving, maybe getting involved in a group, or maybe just going into the mountains and hiking and, and being close to God. You're seeking after him. Then we said to know the way is to know the word. Uh, we, we live in a rudderless generation. People don't know how to move from point A to point B, and Jesus has the answers. And we said for us to understand those answers, we need to be in God's word. To know the way is to know the word. 
And maybe that's what you're going to say that in 2020, you're going to spend more time getting into the Bible. Maybe you don't have a Bible. By the way, we have free complimentary Bibles at the Info Hub. So if you don't have a Bible, we want to give you one on your way out today um, for that. Then we said last week, Jesus doesn't need your money. He wants our worship, right? He wants us to come to the place. The, the scripture says where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And so we want to align our hearts because the closer we get to Jesus, the more freedom we have, the more joy we have. He doesn't want something from us. He wants something for us. That's right. Okay, then we said, how do we do that? Our gifts are predetermined, intentional. The gift has significant value. The gift is given without strings attached. And today we demonstrated that, how we can make it an act of worship. Well, today we're actually going to, so you can write any one of those three things down. You're going to leave one of those cards behind today. So you're going to either hand it to an usher on the way out of the door, or you're going to bring it up here on the platform and just leave it on the platform. Don't put your name on it. We're going to collect these cards and post it somewhere in the building. And so you can see what everybody, what God is stirring in each one of our hearts. So I've already um, written mine. It's personal, you can't read it. I was going to share, but it's too personal. Okay. So, maybe I can, maybe I can. Let me see here. In 2020, I want to become less selfish and give more time in my worship and devotion to Jesus. So, I've realized that sometimes I'm a little selfish and I want to become less selfish in 2020. All right, I wrote that before the series was preached, so I was already kind of ruminating on a few things there. But today we're going to go into understanding a little bit more of what is worship, because if we're saying we want to live a life of worship, and what are my acts of worship, what does that really mean? So we've got to start by getting back into the Scripture, remember, to know the ways, to know the words. So we have to start with the Word. If you have your Bibles, turn uh, with me to Matthew chapter 2. And while you're looking there, let's just... Ask the Lord to be here with us in a greater way. Father, we just pray that you would just continue to envelop us with your presence. We thank you that you're here with us, that we feel you, that we experience you. Lord, as we open your word today, speak to our hearts as we unpack it. Lord Jesus, that uh, the words that are spoken would not be my words, but they would be words straight from heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this is nothing new because we've been here in this passage for the last three weeks, but I want to read it again and maybe just kind of highlight some areas. Starting in Matthew chapter 2, by the way, on Christmas morning, I encourage you to crack open your Bibles as a family, um, or if you're single, or if you don't have family, just crack open the Bible. Go Matthew chapter 2 or Luke chapter 2, great accounts of the Christmas uh, historical account, what took place the very first Christmas, the birth of Jesus. Matthew chapter 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw the star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Can you say worship him? Worship, worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, 
and in all Jerusalem with them, and assembled the chief priests and the scribes of the people, and inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem, in Judea. So it was written by the prophet. And remember, he's quoting Micah. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when they have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. Now, Herod was not going to worship him. He actually wanted to destroy Jesus because his leadership was threatened. After listening to the king, they went on their way and behold the star um, that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came and rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Can you say worship? They worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him golds, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. They worshipped him. How can we live a life in such a way that is worship? But I think for us to learn how to worship him and live that way, we first have to realize that how we view Jesus is how we'll live our life. Listen to that for a moment. How we view Jesus is how we'll live our life. Now, Jesus is so multifaceted. He provides so much for us. And, and, and there's certain things, aspects we like of Jesus, but I, I'm going to hazard a guess there's one that maybe we struggle with more than others. But we like friend Jesus, right? Jesus' friend. We like it. We can go to him anytime. We can tell him everything. He doesn't judge us. He just loves us the way we are. He might encourage us to grow in certain areas, but he's a good friend. We like provider Jesus, right? I think that's like G.I. Joe action figures. The provider Jesus. Do you even make G.I. Joe anymore? I just dated myself. Okay. We like that. We, we like when Jesus meets our needs. We like warrior Jesus, right? Warrior Jesus. Ooh, he overcomes evil and darkness, right? Warrior Jesus. We love when he just like battles on our behalf. We like healer Jesus. When there's sickness, disease that he, he wants to heal. We love that about Jesus. We especially love savior Jesus, right? Who wants to go to hell? <laughs> I don't think anybody would raise their hands on that one. We love that he saved us, he's forgiven us, and he assures us of, of going to heaven as we follow him. But I wonder, I wonder if we struggle with this one. Do we struggle with King Jesus? Now, we, we sing about King Jesus. We, we acknowledge King Jesus. He's... he's King of kings, Lord of lords, right? But I think many times we look at King Jesus through the eyes of a Westerner, a North American person who's lived in democracy, 
right? We think that everybody has a voice and we get to make our own way and we get to choose who's in politics and, and we get to, you know, determine the way of our life. Especially New Englanders, it might even be a little bit harder. We're very independent. We don't want to be told what to do, right? I make my own rules. I go my own way. I do my own thing. But you put that in the idea of King Jesus, who's King of kings and lords of lords, and the wise men knew that as they approached this baby, that was the King of kings and Lord of lords. They by themselves were kings. The wise men, the magi were kings. They came and bowed down and worshipped baby Jesus. You see, how we view Jesus is how we live our life. And we, if we just view Jesus as the genie in the bottle, as long as, hey, Jesus, when I need something from you, I'll approach you and I'll, I'll just make my needs known. But what if we really began to look at that Jesus wants to be the king in our life? Or should I say Jesus wants to be the king over our life? See, I think we're okay with Jesus living inside of us because it kind of feels like we're still dominant, right? <laughs> He's inside of us. We still make the decision, which we do. We have free will. But what if we began to think of Jesus being over us? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lord. To give due honor. You know, the monarchy, so that would be the, an, another symbol of a king. So uh, the UK would have a monarchy and, and even though that they have a parliamentary system as well, that has more of this idea that the people's voice matters. But how would you approach a king in those days if there was a monarchy? And in African nations, there's still monarchies. What do you like? Yo, hey king, what's going on? No, you, you, you approach with great reverence, my Lord, <laughs> right? You would bow, you would do something of great reverence. But if we treat Jesus as, you know, homeboy Jesus, you know, Jesus, what's up, Jesus? <laughs> Provider Jesus, and just like... You know, I'm really down right now. I need warrior Jesus. Go knock out that person that made me mad. Jesus, go get him. Okay, that's not the way it works, right? <laughs> it says, do good for those who want to do evil to you. Remember, kingdom of God is all upside down. See, godly worship, if we really begin to understand godly worship, godly worship is when we're willing to dethrone your own life. Take yourself off the throne and live like Jesus is the king over your life. Are we, can we get there if we're not already there? I personally struggle with that because as much as I just kind of like, can I just not live my life? I want to be happy. I want to pursue the things that I want to pursue. But, but what if Jesus is actually wanting you to live a different way? See, I think the wise men gave us four ways that we can worship Jesus. 
it might be helpful for us to begin to maybe live our lives a different way by viewing how we view Jesus differently. First, I'd like to say that that proximity, the wise men came close. They could have worshiped Jesus from afar. Oh, there's a star. Yeah, 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 that star's showing in Bethlehem. The, the king's been born. Woo! King Jesus has been born. Or they journeyed long and far to get close to Jesus. You see, to get proximity means that you've got to get through the clutter of life to make room and time for Jesus, to get close to him. Now, you're saying, but, but I don't see physical Jesus. But remember, he's, he's spirit. That, we call that the Holy Spirit. And you can get close to Jesus by getting close to the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. In James 4, 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to us. The reality is, is God's not far off. He's just waiting for us to come close. He wants to be close to us. Proximity. Number two, posture. The wise men bowed down. Are you posturing your life to make it about Jesus and not about yourself? That posture, you're, you're organizing your life certain ways. Are you starting the day saying, God, let your will be done in my life? Or do you say, I've got all these things to do. God bless me while I'm doing it. Do you notice the difference of that? One is saying, God, I, I want to give my life to you. You can use my life. And the other one is like, as I'm going through life, God, I want all the add-ons. But our posture, the wise men bowed down. Are you posturing your life to make it about Jesus and not about yourself? You see, in Philippians 2.10, it says, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. In heaven and earth and under the earth, every knee shall bow. Number three, Priority. The wise men didn't get distracted from their mission. They, they made going to worship Jesus, going to find Jesus a priority in their life. They had to prepare for it. They had to pack for it. They had to be intentional about it. They couldn't get distracted by what Herod wanted to do, by, hey, come back over to me and tell me. They're like, they knew the mission. And they knew the priority that it was to not get distracted. And this life and this world has so many distractions. And you'll begin to say, what's priority? I know we all struggle with, I shouldn't say all, some struggle with making Jesus a priority over our social media. When you wake up in the morning, what are you checking? When you get home, what are you checking? I know it's a struggle sometimes to make Jesus the priority, the right place to pr pr prioritize that relationship. Then fourthly, purpose. You see, the, the wise men came to worship, so they were on purpose for that, but they also knew that there was a purpose in, in giving the gifts to Jesus. Do you realize that those gifts were, were to set Jesus and his family up for the mission that Jesus was going to have on this earth? the gold, the frankincense, probably sustain that family for years to come. I think that a great example of that is Jesus himself when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
understanding purpose and our life having purpose. That he said, not my will, but your will be done. When he's talking to God, he's praying, knowing that he's probably going to the cross. Well, he is going to the cross. He would love not to die, but he knows that is what it was asked of him. And he was willing to do it because he so loved the world. But, but there's, that, there's that part of it as saying, it's not what is my purpose, we, we've said that, right? Like, I like to find my purpose. It's not what is my purpose, but what is God's purpose in my life? It's not about my purpose. It's what is God's purpose in my life. And that's a different posture. That's a different position. And it needs for us to have a different proximity to find that out and to experience that. I was reading in uh, a great devotional um, by Oswald Chambers uh, this past week in my utmost for my highest. And he says this, the idea is not that we do good work or we do work for God, but that we're so loyal to him that he can do his work through us. This loyalty to King Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of the Lords, we're loyal to you, Jesus. I know I've been so guilty in the past of just like, God bless my dreams. God bless my plans. God, you know, add this, add the sprinkle dust of prosperity on my life. When I probably should have been spending more time saying, God, search my heart. Let me get close. God, not my will, but your will be done. Here I am, Lord, use me. Help knocking me off the throne, my own throne, my own way, my own desires, and let, God, you can use me. But I think that's when we get to that place of understanding who King Jesus is, is when we get to that place where we're kind of like, all right, my life really isn't my own. Do you realize that um, when you came to Christ? Now, I know some of you here have not yet given your life to Jesus. I love that you're here, by the way. <laughs> Keep coming back. But for those of us who have given our lives to Jesus, guess what? We've been purchased. It has come at a cost. And the purchase took place by somebody giving their life, Jesus Christ. He was born into this world to show us the way. Jesus spent so much time showing us who the Father is and the kingdom of God. But ultimately, he allowed us to have a relationship with God by what he did on the cross. But when we begin to start growing and maturing and we're realizing that our acts of worship, when we live a life of worship, it's not about adding, adding Jesus to my life. It's about everything that you do is about Jesus and giving him full access to your life. See, Jesus is on the throne and he is the Lord of Lords and he is the King of Kings. Thank you, Jordan. We didn't want to fire here with those live greens right there.
Last week, we talked about how the kingdom of God is seemingly upside down if the worship team wants to come. In 2020, great year, by the way, 2020. Little side note, for those of you maybe my age-ish or older, do you ever remember watching those sci-fi movies that the little thing on the bottom would go, 2020, 2018, and it seemed like, oh my word, that's so far off. Are we all going to be flying cars or, you know, we're here, we're here. <laughs> and uh, 2020. But I'm so hopeful and I'm so encouraged. I'm so hopeful for the word that the Lord spoke to us through Wayne today. And somebody else grabbed me a little bit later during community time and said, it's much bigger than we think. And we always think bigger as somehow better, but I mean, I've come to realize that sometimes smaller is actually better. <laughs> Less is more, kingdom of God stuff. But when he, what he's saying is like, God wants to do such incredible things, but he does it through us. We are the vessels. Pastor Kunli was the vessel. The enemy tried to take him out and God said, I'm going to breathe life back into you, but you need to be a vessel. Meaning it's, I don't want just the blessings of God. I want to work for God. And, and not just to, hey, God, I want to do a bunch of good works for you. But Jesus, allowing Jesus to do his good work through you. And the only way we can do that is if we live a life of worship, that we get close to him, that we're in his word. That our, that, our, that our giving, our generosity is about Jesus. It's not about anything else. It's about our worship. But this kingdom upside down thing, he says this in Matthew 10, 39. He says, whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. That's so confusing. <laughs> Anybody else confused by that one? Well, let me just tell you what it means. It means that when we are working so hard to try to find meaning in life, we go to the world and we get a job, we get married, we get an education, we get, get, get all these things. We buy a house, we have a family and, and just trying to live the American dream. But that's trying to find your life according to the world's ways. But when you pursue it that way, you'll end up losing the very soul of who you are and what you've been designed for. But what he's saying is then whoever is willing to lose his life, in other words, don't make it about you. If you're willing to not make it about you, for my sake, in Jesus' name, you'll find it. And what you'll find is the very things we're all longing for. We're longing to make a difference. We're longing to find true joy. We're longing to find contentment. We're longing to find peace. We're longing to find real purpose. But that will only be found when we learn to live a life of worship of Jesus. Wise men and women worship Jesus as Lord and King. Like the first wise men 
who knew that when Jesus was born into this world, it was going to be about worship. They prepared their gifts. They prepared their lives. They looked to the star to guide them. Today, as you grab, as you consider what you're going to write on these, and I, I really want you to do this, and now would be the appropriate time if you haven't already done this. You're going to share pens. Uh, this is a time I want to see some activity if you're interested. <laughs> you can do this now. This is the time. And once you're done writing your thing, pass it to the next person. What do you want 2020 to be like for you in your act of worship to Jesus? I guarantee you the closer you get to Jesus this year, the more your life is going to be full. The more you're going to find peace in life. The more you're going to find joy. The more you're going to find contentment. The more you're going to find true purpose, true meaning. Remember, what you seek is what you'll find. Are you seeking after Jesus? To know the way is to know the word. Are you going to spend more time in God's word this year? Jesus doesn't need your money. He wants our worship. He wants our hearts. But he does say that where our treasure is, our heart will be also. So there is something about giving to him. Wise men and women worship him. He wants to be the king in our lives. He wants us to be willing vessels to allow his spirit to move freely through us. Godly worship is when we're willing to dethrone your life and live like Jesus is the king over your life. That will require proximity, posture, priority, and purpose. And everybody said, Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, our lives are not our own, even though we think and we try to make it about ourselves. We find that when we do, we, we live more selfishly leaves us lacking and it leaves us empty in many ways Father I pray that this room would feel your heartbeat, your great love for people your great acceptance of people your great forgiveness for all of our mistakes that we have made in the past and I know in my life I've made a lot of mistakes and we're so grateful for your never-ending love for us. We want to say sorry, Jesus, if we have put ourselves in the throne of our own hearts, in our own minds, which then gets lived out in our own lives, which is seen in our activity, in our pastime, in our finances. Jesus, help us to take one step closer in 2020 to live a life of greater worship to you. 
after all, Jesus, you've given your very life for us. We're willing to lay down our lives to serve you, Lord Jesus. Today, Jesus, we want to put you back on the throne as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. I'm mindful around this Christmas season as we celebrate your birth, Jesus. There might be some pain that the Christmas season brings. Lord, I just want to give you a moment to heal those hearts where Christmas is a time of pain. And if there's anybody here, keep your eyes closed. Just I want to acknowledge anybody who struggles in the Christmas season. Just slip up your hand for a moment. Thank you. Just thank you. Thank you. You can put it down. Lord Jesus, there's so much pain in this season. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you come flood the hearts of those people who raise their hands and give them peace. Give them peace. Lord, that this will be a different year for them. That in 2021 or in 2020, they're not going to be thinking, oh, the dreaded Christmas, the dreaded holiday season. They're going to be excited because Jesus, this year you've done something in their hearts and their lives. Peace, I pray, over them. If there's anybody here today who's never given their life to Jesus Christ, what a great time to do it. You'll forever remember that your spiritual birthday was around Christmas 2019. Anybody here would like to give their life to Jesus today to slip up their hand while we keep an atmosphere of prayer. Slip up your hand if you just want to receive Jesus. You just stay right where you're at. I just want to thank you so much. Anybody else? Anybody else? Let me just see that hand before I thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Lord Jesus, so you can just pray with me, those who raise their hand, just pray with me. Lord Jesus, I want you in my life. Thank you for going to the cross for my sin, all my mistakes, my wrongdoings. Please forgive me. Thank you for not only going to the cross, Jesus, but thank you for conquering the grave, for coming back to life. Jesus, I want to live for you. I want to make you the Lord of my life. I receive you fully into my heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can you just give a big round of applause for those who gave their life to Jesus today? It truly does say that the Bible says that uh, when somebody gives their life to the Lord, the all of the angels rejoice in heaven. It's a big deal. The other thing it says is that we become a new creation. You will be different. You will be different. You will have become a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So get into the word of God, understand and get plugged into people who will encourage you. Remember, we have an enemy that wants to discourage you and, and pull you off the track, but stay connected and grow. Talk to Jesus, he's there, he's listening. Your father in heaven loves you. For the rest of us, can you please make Christmas about Jesus? I know you want to. But I also know in my house, it can be about some different things sometimes. 
But in the hustle and bustle, please take some quiet moments to thank Jesus. Thank our Father in heaven that he loved us so much that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Thank him for that everlasting life that he's given you. His unfailing love. He's never far from you. He's always near. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.